0: Skeletal forms burn toxic green, vacant eyes lit with everlasting hellfire. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Halloween special of Let's Watch Scary Movies. Let's watch
1: scary movies.
0: Yeah, we are your (laughs) ghoulish hosts, Jenny and Caitlin. Hello, hello. Hello, and we are here to talk about scary movies.
1: We're, We're here to talk about Halloween. I am so excited. I love this time of year. We both do. We get super into it. I know I decorate the house. I've got my basic bitch pumpkin spice candle going um i've discovered also this is how nerdy i am i've discovered on youtube these eight hour videos of basically crackling fires with Ah. with halloween decorations around them and i turn it on and sort of pretend that it's warming up my flat
0: (laughs) this is our first time doing a remote recording um so i am at my home in nottingham and caitlin is in her flat in london so this is already our like 15th attempt doing this because we, it's just really weird for us
1: and technology you know the sound of it it's difficult we're trying to improve the sound for you guys so that it's just a higher quality cleaner crisper sound than perhaps our prior episodes but so we've got these fancy microphones and yeah. you know but we're uh, we're struggling. Technology is not really our strong point, necessarily. <laughs> but I can sense your presence here, Jenny. Even it's though I'm... I'm
0: I'm I'm astrally projecting into your flats. Can you feel me? I feel you. I
1: se- I sense evil.
0: You sense evil. Can I'm you feel my it. evil hands? Just you know, touching you up
1: deep inside my heart. heart.
0: <laughs> I sense, yeah, I heart. feel
1: in my heart. <laughs> I feel, I feel <laughs> That's you. definitely I where I would be. <laughs> I feel you. Yes, Yes.
0: but we do both love Mm. Halloween so much. Um, Over the years, we've had many Halloween parties and dressed up. Me and Caitlin like a good costume party. We love a party with a theme, really. But, you know. I do. I do love to dress up. And I really love when people
1: make the effort. Like you look back at the photographs of these events and you just think everybody turned it out. Everyone looks amazing. I can remember a few of your costumes from the past.
0: There were eight. Medusa was a good one. That was that was one of my favourites at your party when you were Ursula and I was Medusa. And being the, you know, the true best friend that I am, I get a message like 24, 48 hours before I'm due to get uh, come down to London going, Jenny, <laughs> can you make me an Ursula costume with um, tentacles? I need, tentacles. I need, I need eight tentacles. <laughs> plush <laughs> tentacles and a necklace and... are you um are you busy doing anything in the next 48 hours because i need you
1: to basically completely create my costume from nothing please thank you yes okay i remember i had to
0: go and buy like um stuffing like soft toy stuffing a giant (laughs) bag of it and just travel down on the train with this giant bag of stuffing (laughs)
1: can i say though my costume looked absolutely incredible i loved being ursula Uh, jenny made me the necklace i had the little shell necklace that kept ariel's voice in it and i had the seashell earrings and obviously my tentacles looked amazing and then i had a friend who was a she was studying to be a makeup artist shout out to natalie she came over with her airbrush and spray painted me purple yeah um that was great but yeah I loved your Medusa costume that was a great one
0: yeah I'm trying to think who else we've done over the years I've done Medusa I've done oh I did Black Dahlia a few years ago that was one of my favorites that's a good one yeah it's Um, weird though because in America as you know
1: I learned this when I moved here you don't have to be scary yeah you just have to dress up as something else. Hence why you get and we'll get into this in the movie. You know, you get Bonnie and Clyde, for example. That's not they're not really scary. I guess you could consider them villains in a sense. Yeah, But I mean, you know, anything goes literally. Yeah. Hence, mean girls. They're dressing up like bunnies and cats. You know, these aren't really Halloween things. And when I moved here, I think when Halloween I dressed up as a cheerleader and everyone's like, but it's not scary. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I, you're right so then I was a zombie cheerleader so yeah I rectified I rectified matters but you know I learned pretty quickly it better be scary in England because they're just not having slutty you've got to combine the two
0: exactly what's better I frequently just end up in some sort of you know half outfit and a ton of blood can't go wrong and then but then covered in blood yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah that's it speaking so- of Halloween festivities what are you up to this year then caitlin i am
1: going to a wedding and no the wedding is not halloween themed
0: i <laughs> mean is... they're missing a trick there
1: i know i was thinking could i dress up as the like the beetlejuice bride in the red dress yeah Lydia is that, in, is in that inappropriate is that inappropriate in a wedding to wear a wedding dress but it's red it's red. That's what I'd say. It's the bro. But it's red, Vicky. Um, Yes, my friend Vicky. It, it's actually a COVID wedding. So it's rescheduled from last year. So as far as I know, there's no Halloween theme. It's just be normal. And it's England. So, you know, wear a hat. And <laughs> that's it. So that's that's my plan. And I'm a little disappointed it's not really a celebration of Halloween, especially after last year we walked down. I had a Halloween party. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. There were three of us because that's all that we were allowed at the time. And you know, not to say it wasn't fun. It was fun. We made the best of it, but it was a co so this year I was really looking forward to because usually I throw a big house party, as you know. Obviously, you came to my one two years ago. Um, I love a Halloween house party and yeah, yeah, can't happen. Going to the wedding. So what about you? What are you doing?
0: I am doing one of my favorite things to do at Halloween, which is I am going to the Halloween party at Disneyland Paris.
1: Ooh, I'm yeah. yeah
0: it's good fun again it's another thing that's been rescheduled we were supposed to go um last year um we don't actually technically go until the first november the first but um we're going to paris the on halloween and we're just going to the party and then we've got our normal disneyland holiday after yeah that. because it's on a sunday this year isn't it Actual it is yeah sunday. yeah halloween is yes. a sunday right. this year so we travel to paris on the sunday and uh, we've got like a just a little hotel near Disneyland that we're going to stay in that night. Um, and we're going to go to the Halloween party. The park's open till like 2am. All the rides are open. They have like loads of fun stuff going on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really good. I haven't quite got a costume yet. Last time I went as some Um, you are, it's the one night of the year when adults are allowed to dress up at Disneyland because normally you're not allowed to. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've got a few ideas. I was kind of thinking of being one of the Sanderson sisters um, from Hocus Pocus. What, from Hocus Pocus? Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's Ooh, you, my... could go, you could be Madame Mim from yep. Sword New Stone. Yeah, although the thing is, because I always have different colored hair, and my hair is currently blue. Um, so I am thinking, and I've got a really cool dress with Madame Leota from The Haunted Mansion, all over it so I thought mm, if I don't do a costume I could just kind of go themed as Madame Leota from the Haunted Mansion like, like fortune teller yeah so I've got this of. really cool dress okay. it's all made from like a print of Madame Leota float she's a floating head in a, in a crystal ball um so I've got a dress that's covered in-, in in that and I've got the right color hair I've got a cute little like purse bag that's like a crystal ball and, you know, I could do all my makeup and get some Ooh, like, that. cool ears. But yeah, um, so since we're not going until the Sunday, I will probably on the Friday be. um, I imagine me and my friends will get together and dress up and have some sort of Halloween shenanigans.
1: Halloween is just the best. I love I just love the feeling in the air. It's it's I know back home. I'm from Florida originally and back home in October is kind of when the weather would change a little bit and it would not be exactly cold because actually I think it was uh, 94 degrees the other day, Fahrenheit. Um, and yeah, but you lose a little bit of the humidity that you've Mm -hmm. had this relentless humidity that you've had for months at a time. October is always usually really beautiful in Florida. So, Oh, I just love this time of year. And now, especially living in London, it does get downright chilly. Um, but yeah, it's just that kind of feeling in the air. I don't like an electricity. I don't know how to describe it. I I love
0: it. It's my favorite. I love it. Yeah.
1: Um, the leaves are changing and all the food kind of food
0: is brilliant.
1: Oh, I, yeah. You like, got that comfort, that warm comfort food. Yeah, and, I've
0: already made, you know, so many soups, even though we've had a bit of a mini heat wave here. In, well, say heat wave. It's been quite warm the last few days. It was like.
1: <laughs> we use the term loosely. In, yeah, very loosely.
0: <laughs> but I went out the weekend in I went out Saturday night in like a little skirt with no tights or anything. And I was warm. I was still too hot in like a T-shirt and tights. Uh, with no tights, a t-shirt and skirt, and I'm like, "This is October." Like last <laughs> this time last year, it was freezing. Um, Do I get my
1: coat out? Do I not? I'm always like this. The weather yeah. here is just insane. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I love that as well. The the nights are kind of closing in. It gets darker earlier, and it's it's cozy feeling. I don't know, hard to describe, but I just absolutely love it.
0: Yeah. And it is the time of year when I can go into most shops and buy um, my decor for my house because. It's the time of the year when everyone's. It's, it's a year-round
1: Halloween celebration. Yeah. At your That's I, I, for post, sure. I
0: posted a picture of like my living room of the day, saying, "Oh, the Halloween decorations are up," and everyone's like, "Oh, you have so much!" I'm like, "Oh no, no! All I've added are like, the bats on the wall. The rest of it's out all year round." Everything's like that, just all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've added a couple of pumpkins, <laughs> but even most of the pumpkins <laughs> are all the glass pumpkins are out all year round. I just really like Halloween
1: every day. And is you Halloween. Know, Every day is Halloween. This is Halloween. So speaking of that, we have decided for a Halloween special. Yeah. So obviously go with the classics here. And so we've decided to do a sort of uh, compare and contrast, one might say, Professor Jenny. So uh, yes, we decided to go with the Halloweens, obviously. And so we watched the nineteen seventy eight, nice. yep, 1978 classic. And then we followed it up with the 2018... A I don't know if you'd call it a reboot, a recon. Well, it's um, not a
0: reboot because... A sequel. It's, yeah, yeah it was, it's, it's. I would say it's a sequel because they have basically said that all other films in the franchise are no longer canon, haven't they? Um, as Which, in-
1: can I say that I sort of love that? I mean, I yeah. do love Rob Zombie. I'm not disregarding what he did there. I think he did some interesting... He made some interesting choices. He sort of broadened the... um I guess you'd say like myth kind of attached to the story. No hate, no hate here. You know, I'm a Rob Zombie fan. So, but I kind of love that they did that, that they were like, you know what? We're going to just forget all, especially the part, and we'll get into this, about her being his sister. Because I don't know why, but
0: that always pissed me off. Can I make a confession? Yeah. I am a huge Rob Zombie fan. I am a huge horror movie fan. I've never been able to bring myself to watch the Rob Zombie remakes. Not even the first one? Nope.
1: <gasps> Jenny.
0: I know. All right. I hear,
1: I, I'm sensing evil, but also sensing that maybe this needs to be a future episode. Because yeah. I do think, especially because I know you, you are a Rob Zombie fan, yeah, and yeah. I know that particularly um, House of a Thousand Corpses yeah. and Devil's Rejects, you know, those ones I think are canon really um but then you gotta uh, yeah I mean I think it's worth discussing so that's ding 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 feature episode okay so anyway so shall we shall we get into it should we get into it
0: yes I think we should
1: okay so we're starting with the 1978 original classic John Carpenter so if you had to give me some pentacles (laughs) what are you gonna give me here five Five, I'm with you, five I wish I could disagree with you but I just think Sometimes a classic is a classic Is a classic, it's a classic for a reason Uh, There are so many other Movies that are Lifted,
0: you know, various um, To me Halloween was the Founder of the the slasher film I know People may not not agree But it is I think it is the perfect example Of a slasher film
1: and Halloween. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I may have to do a little um, googling research here. Did that come before Friday the Thirteenth? Yes. Halloween. Did that thing. come before Black Christmas? Ooh,
0: yeah. Because
1: some people consider no, no, no.
0: Black Christmas might have actually been before. Um, a lot of people
1: consider Black Christmas to be the original slasher.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I can understand why. Just you in actually, the sense that
1: you're dealing with someone that has no motive
0: yeah. or that you know
1: of, you know, yeah. but even still, I, I take your point because I mean, there's a reason that Halloween has the, I don't know, sort of dominating power that it does versus Black Christmas. I mean, I'm a fan of Black Christmas. I'm sure yeah. we're going to review that film at some point, yep. but um. yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure Black Christmas was before 1974. Okay, so so it was, oh, and it was Canadian. Who knew? Shout out to the Canadians. Um,
0: Yeah, so, okay, so that was the original one. And yeah, I thought that
1: it was Actually,
0: do you know why I remembered it was before? Because there is, I don't know how true this is. So don't take this as me saying this is true. But um, John Carpenter was talking to, well, I forget who directed Black Christmas um, or wrote it. But I've definitely heard a story where, when he was talking, John Carpenter was talking to um, whoever it was that, 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 Bob, that Clark, Bob, Bob Clark, Bob Clark, I was talking to him about whether or not they'd ever do a Black Christmas sequel, and he was like, "Yeah, if I did, I'd have it that like he goes, you know, he escapes from an asylum and goes back to his hometown, and there are yeah, there are there are stories that potentially John Carpenter may have borrowed that idea." for halloween but i like halloween more than black christmas so
1: yeah i mean i think i i do love black christmas too i mean yeah i but... haven't
0: watched that in a very long time i ha- i don't think i've watched black christmas since my um film studies days like since my horror degree so i would potentially clearly
1: a holiday movie a feel good yes. holiday special i think it's it's it slots nicely in between say i don't know um home alone and (laughs) it's a wonderful life (laughs) or elf yeah Yeah. and then you've got black christmas so i mean yeah so okay so five pentacles all around for halloween just being the the i suppose influential kind of classic movie that it is so yes yeah, okay.
0: I, I, I would say, okay, I'm not going to say, I'm going to take back my comment about being the first slasher film, because that Christmas obviously was. I would say it's been the most influential of the genre. I agree.
1: I do think it dominates, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at how many other adaptations or reboots or sequels it has spawned over the years. I yeah. mean... I think there were three that John Carpenter was involved in. Then you've got the Rob Zombie ones. Then you've got the H2O, Halloween H2O. Those were like the early 2000s um, where Jamie Lee Curtis was, I think, in a couple of those as well. And then you've got obviously the one, the trilogy that's out, that's going on now. I think Halloween Kills is out now or maybe the 15th or something like that. Yeah,
0: I think it's the 15th. I think it's this week. Oh, we should point out that we are recording this a couple of weeks in advance. Um it yes. goes this episode will go out at the end of October so a couple, the Wednesday before Halloween but we are recording it on the 11th so we are a little bit early but we wanted to prepare preparation is key so yes. yeah but and um, things get a little bit crazy um in our schedules so we thought we'd we definitely wanted to do a special for Halloween so here we yeah. are so, so yes, you, you may have okay. already seen the new Halloween film Halloween kills by the time you get round to listening to this in which case I'd be very interested for you to leave us some messages and let us know what you think. Yeah. Join the convo. We're really keen to hear what
1: our listeners are watching and into. Yes. Of course, what they'd like us to review. So, you know, yes,
0: we are now on Apple podcast, so you can leave us uh, reviews and you can rate us. And also if you are listening through anchor, you can leave us voice messages. So if you have any, I love yeah, I know. Um, if you do have anything to say, anything you know you want us to talk about, anything you've got any thoughts about our conversation, totally join in. Leave us a voice message on Anchor. If you want us to reply, just pop your email address in there so that we can get back to you. But yes, we want to hear your thoughts, especially. We want to, engage. We want to engage with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Engage with us. Engage with us. So, <laughs> right. So shall we, shall we get
1: into the breakdown? Let's get into the breakdown.
0: Now it's time for a breakdown Bam <laughs> I really don't think there needs to be a spoiler alert for this Because if you haven't seen Halloween I mean, where have you been?
1: Yeah, I don't know what to tell you Yeah, you've had 40 years
0: <laughs> You've had four,
1: you've had 40 years, do you think you could just get on it? I mean, yeah. it's literally everywhere You could probably find it on YouTube Although I will say it is streaming currently on I found it on, I believe, Netflix yes, It's on it's Netflix in the UK Netflix. at the moment uh, in the US, it may be Amazon Prime or maybe Hulu. One of them. I'll, I'll, I'll pop it in the comments when we post. Yeah we'll, yeah,
0: we'll add it to the show notes as to where you can find Halloween the original. Um, this this season, this spooky season.
1: Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna break it down the 1978 yep. John Carpenter directed Halloween. Um, yes. Well, can we just start with the opening music, which is just. Yep i i think it's just used to great effect throughout the film absolutely and the opening with the
0: jack-o'-lantern yeah the that, effective that music, simplicity of it uh that music like the halloween theme song is just it's perfect
1: and you know it's been sampled in so many a rap song it's been sampled in a rap song i'm gonna i'm gonna find it Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But having said that, just sort of the sound effects in general, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, And I think anytime you go back to a classic like this, I don't know about you, but I try to watch it this time with fresh eyes because I think the reality is that I've seen the movie so many times. I think it's really easy to kind of forget how scary it probably was the first time around and shocking yeah I think it's meant to be shocking and I think to some extent we're desensitized in 2021 um but also yeah as I say I've seen it so many times so I tried to kind of come at it fresh like this is the first time I'm seeing it and evaluate it under those kind of terms because it's easy to put a movie like that almost on in the background you know because I've just I've just seen it so many times so
0: yeah Um, I definitely did the same thing because like you said like the amount of times you know we'll put something like Halloween on, but because we, I know it so well, I'll start doing other things. You know, I have like an ADHD brain. So I am always doing like three things at once. And especially when there's something like that on. So this time around um, me and my husband, Andy sat down to watch it last week, I think. Um, And I was like, right, you know, I've got my notebook. I'm I'm really going to pay attention. And there were things that I picked up on And not, I hadn't missed them before, but I kind of forgot what impact they had. And like mm-hmm. going back to like the sound, like I, you know, I genuinely think I can't think of another film that does what I'd almost call like audible terror as well as Halloween.
1: Like you said, mm. like, the sound,
0: like straight away, it's just, it just it just creates this sense of unease that just follows you. It puts you on edge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really does. And I know that we were sort of watching it remotely and messaging each other yes, we um, <laughs> throughout the film with just a little bit of uh, texting commentary there. But because I know at one point. So, I mean, you've got you've got the opening scene where, uh, which, you, you know, you should really talk about this, Jenny, because she made a really good point about the kind of perspective that they use in the opening scene. That the the first kill, which is, you know, you kind of see... It's Halloween, and you see kids running in the street, and then it kind of focuses on on this one house, and you see Judith, you know Judith Myers, with her boyfriend, and they're kind of like making out, looking out on the couch. But you're
0: rather than you seeing the person watching them, you are the voyeur. You're right because you can see through his little. Yeah, we're seeing through his eyes. His holes the in his mask yeah. yeah he's got a mask on so you can hear the breathing you mm. can almost like hear his heartbeat in the soundtrack as he's doing like the tra- amazing tracking shot through as you follow him you know watching judith and her boyfriend and then they go upstairs and you kind of you're you are the, you know you are the voyeur you are walking through the house you see the boyfriend leave you're going upstairs you're watching judith brushing her hair and mm you you kind of create this connection this almost kind of I'm not sure if empathy is the right word but you are connected you are this person um who you haven't even seen yet so because you haven't seen anything it's just what you're looking at like you are you're in their place and Mm -hmm. then you know he gets the knife out and he starts stabbing and you're you're still connected you haven't separated even though you're you are doing this horrific thing. You are connected to this this knife that is stabbing this girl. And what I love is that, you know, that continues as he walks out the house to the car where the parents are coming out. And then you get this like amazing shot where the mask is pulled off and you see this six year old boy and kind of the horror you feel at like, oh God, this is just like some evil kid that's done this and you kind of recoil. And at the same time as the audience recoils, the camera recoils, and it pulls away so quickly from that image of just this little boy stood on you know, the street outside his house with a Halloween mask on, it creates this disc- instant disconnect. And it, it is, it, it, you can feel it. It's a physical as well as emotional because you are pulled really quickly as the camera pulls away from Michael. And I always, always just think it's so good. And the rest of the film, you're never again connected to him in that way. Whenever you see him, whenever you, you know, he's like looking at people through windows, like, you know, later on, his later victims, you're watching him be the voyeur.
1: Mm-hmm. You're watching him mm-hmm. watch
0: them. You're not watching them through his eyes. You never again are through his I eyes. have that well perspective.
1: You yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely true. And and I think it's meant to be really shocking and horrifying yeah when you discover for the first time, if you're watching this for the first time, that it's a kid that's committed this. Yeah. That it's a kid that's repeatedly stabbed his sister. Yep. His topless sister.
0: Mm-hmm. But we're, we're horror fans. And, you know, we're both, we're feminist horror fans, which go into a whole thing about, you know, the various discussions about whether feminists can be horror fans. Um But one thing I I like about Halloween is that, yes, there is nudity. But if you think about the way in later horror films, you know, like Friday the 13th and, and going on from there, like it's quite exploitative nudity. In Halloween, I don't really get the sense that it is. Yeah, she's topless, but it's just like, you know, the cameras, John Carpenter apparently was very sheepish about kind of the girls being nude on set and the sex scenes and things and he doesn't mm-hmm. do that thing where you know we're like they zoom in on the boobs like oh look boobs no I mean that's a fact it's just that's like- the
1: thing and I, I say it I mean I wrote in my notes yay for 70s tits because you yes know, they were real yeah I love 70s boobs same and 80s they're just really good maybe because they're real I, I'm just yeah into that. I think
0: it was before I mean yeah I guess you know the whole fake boob thing was popular later on and not the nineties and things, but yeah, you just, but I say- mean, but having said that there, there's no,
1: there, this isn't a sexually motivated killing.
0: No. no. And,
1: and, and that's made very clear throughout the films. None yeah. of it, I Well, actually I think maybe Rob Zombie goes into a little bit of that. Um, I could, I could be wrong there. I can't remember, but you know, for the most part, if you're looking at the originals, if you're looking at the John Carpenter and you're looking at this first one, there's no sexual drive for michael myers at all and yeah. i think that's part of what makes him so terrifying we're not even sure what his motive is we don't know they just yeah. call him pure evil all the time exactly
0: yeah which is pro- i think deep down inside going back to that i haven't seen the rob zombie remakes i think that's kind of why i haven't watched them because i don't want michael myers to have a a back you know i don't want backstory into why he's evil i i that that mystery and that
1: open-endedness is what contributes to the the scare factor i think for him
0: it it, it creates the terror yeah see sometimes
1: sometimes i like a villainous backstory like voldemort give me me all the info you know like there's some villains where i I fully want to know but i think one of the draws of michael myers one of the the things that has sort of stood the test of time with him is that we don't know which why this mask? Why this look? Why Why any of it? We don't know. You exactly. Know. Why
0: he can't be reasoned with, because we don't know what he wants.
1: <laughs> he can't be reasoned with. Michael, I just, we need to have a talk. I just, Michael, you know, I noticed.
0: Can you just put the knife down? I know <laughs> you like it, but, you know if you clean your room, you can have the knife back. Yes. You know, sometimes we have to compromise. Exactly. And no, no, you can't have any more pets. You keep killing them. You keep killing them. <laughs> the goldfish was the
1: last straw, Michael. He <laughs> can't be reasoned with, but you're, you're, you are yes. correct. He cannot be reasoned. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why that just killed me. <laughs> um, yeah. So where are we? Oh, so, you know, and that's your opening scene and to yes. talk about an opening scene. I mean, there are some great opening scenes in the horror world. And I think, you know, I think that one's up there. Um, Absolutely. because again, I think we, we forget how shocking all that was, particularly in 1978. Now, yep. you know, as I say, we're desensitized, but so then we go into, so then it's Dr. Loomis and the nurse. Yeah. Or in the car. Are in the car. And I will say there is something about that when they pull up to the mental institution yep. and there's all the people in the white gowns in the darkness milling yep. around the lawn and the, the rain's coming down and there, there's something so creepy about that scene. Yep. Just those white figures in the, in the distance.
0: I, I, I- have like this thing. Where, so yeah, in the original, you have that scene where, you know, they're driving along and this, you all like, yeah, the white, the, what, the people who they know are obviously patients in their white coats, they're like white clothes and they get out, like, you know, he gets out the car and it's the same in like the, the 2018 one when they're opening, you know, they're all, the, the, the man and his son are driving along and they see all the people in white wandering around. Am I the only one that's like, fuck that. I am not getting out the car when these people are clearly patients. I'm with you on this. I understand
1: wanting to be a good Samaritan. Yeah. I understand. But no, no, not at the the cost of my own life. I mean, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. But I very often think this is another thing, right? Another, when you watch horror movies, you're like, don't don't go upstairs. Don't. Yes. Don't split up. Don't investigate the noise. You know, I'm always shouting at the TV. What are you doing? Um, So yeah, there there is that element of it. There is. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I'd like to say though, also, The Rabbit in Red Lounge, which is the um, name of the place on the on the matches. I don't know about you, but I think that is the greatest name for a place. I want to go. I want to go to the Rabbit in Red Lounge. Yeah. I Don't know what's going on there. It sounds a little bit seedy, and I'm kind of into that. I've always there should be maybe perhaps an offshoot, just the Rabbit in Red Lounge, (laughs) like a film like a film series where we just what what goes down there. I I want to know. Maybe Maybe, I'm the only one, but I'm curious. Yeah, so then we so we've got we've got all the you know the the mental the mental patients in the rain, and then we've got the um, you know Michael Myers stealing the car, and yep. making making his escape. Um, I
0: mean, even when I watch that, I'm like, how the? I mean, I know they talk about it in the film, but how the fuck does he know how to drive? He yeah. Doctor Loomis, it says, yeah. Like, someone be teaching him. But then, even then, so, like, what? This guy who's clearly in, you know, he's, what, wearing, like, clothes, and he's driving a car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he doesn't know he's never driven it before. Like, mm. maybe he's read a book on driving a car or something. That's the only thing I can think of. But, like, he somehow knows how to drive a car. And what? He manages to drive this car. Isn't it supposed to be, like, 150 miles to Haddonfield? Um f- I I remember reading something many years ago, and they're talking about like the distance between where the the place, where the uh, mental institution is, and where the, where the, where, you know, where he's from. And like, so what? Nobody, the police don't have like the number of the car, the registration, they're not looking for
1: it. It's 1978. I mean, I don't know how things worked then, but maybe they just didn't.
0: Yeah. So he, and I'm guessing if it's that far, like, does he, that means he must know how to refuel the car. Well, does
1: do you he, remember, he does actually stop, isn't, there's like a tow truck, that's how he steals he the mechanic, me, yeah, he gets the, the yeah. mechanic overalls, he he pulls to the side of the road, or, yeah, doesn't yeah. he actually change cars? Yeah, I think he does. I think, I think the tow truck has maybe a car attached to it, even then, how does he, uh, maybe he's really smart, he's intuitively <laughs> clever, I'm just, I'm not sure. <laughs> He steals steals their car then he kills a mechanic for his overalls um, on the way to Haddonfield and then later steals the mask from a hardware store. Yes. So he's got his full ensemble.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I I remember watching going, I have questions. Which is, you know, I think that's a um, I think that is what happens when you watch you know you watch these films so many times you do start to pull them apart a little bit um you kind of forget that whole suspension of disbelief that when you first start watching these films you go in with and now we're all older and cynical and we're like well that bitch can't drive in a car like what
1: wait a minute there's a giant plot hole right here yeah exactly but but I do think I am a big um proponent of the suspension of disbelief I'm here for it I'm totally here for it. I mean, unless it's something really ridiculous that I that I just cannot get past, it's all I let it go. It's fine. Yeah, it's all in the name of uh pushing the plot forward. You know exactly, so that, exactly.
0: Um. So yes, I. So yeah, they get to the the institution, and you know the patients are are out. So
1: that he steals the car, and that he steals the overalls, he steals the mask. So he's all. He's all suited and booted. He's ready to go. Yep. And then we cut to the to the teenage girls. So then yep. we've got, I believe she her dad is sorry. Um, so Laurie Strode. Yep. No, of no relation to Michael Myers. Let me say. I think her dad is an estate agent because he yep. talks about dropping the key off at the Myers place. I think her dad's trying to sell it. He is. Yes. Um, so she has
0: to go and leave the
1: key, which she does, and she runs into Tommy Doyle. Her um. The little kid that she babysits for and then and then you kind of see uh there's sort of two they kind of go back and forth i think between the scene where tommy doyle's getting bullying yep or getting yep. bullied rather um oh bullying in the 70s it was just a simpler time <laughs> he's gonna get you he's gonna get you that's and that's it <laughs> that's the end of the bullying i mean I don't know. It doesn't seem that dramatic, but okay. Anyway, so then and then we've got Laurie Strode with her girlfriends, who I love all the banter between the girls. I really do. But I have to say, it's like they're sort of supportive of her, but they also kind of bully her. It's a strange kind of relationship she has with those girls. But you've got Linda is one of them, and Annie, I believe, is the other. Yes, and like one, I always get them mixed up. But yeah, one of them is like a cheerleader. Linda is the one that says, totally. Yeah. Totally. She's the totally. one that's always saying, totally. And then Annie, who has the shorter hair, who's also babysitting. She's the yes. other babysitter.
0: And she, isn't she the sheriff's daughter?
1: Yes, who likes to smoke weed, which I also love. Hey, yeah, it's
0: the 70s. You exactly. Know, why not? So it's a little like, bit high. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I remember when we were watching it and we, we were talking about her friends and we were like, they're so mean to her in some ways. Like, they do they do kind of tease her a bit sorry and I did I did think as
1: well I did I was kind of noticing this just in terms of you know and we will certainly um do a little bit of a deeper dive into um the final girl and all of that but I in many ways I find they sort of set Laurie apart I mean even just if you look at the three of them walking down the street and you've got her friends are in you know trousers that were in jeans she's in a skirt and like a cardigan (laughs) carrying all of her books you know she's the the, one one.
0: yeah she's the one you know she's such a good girl you know she's very non-sexual she's um she's a virgin she does she's told you know she does what her dad asks her to do she does kind of what her friends but she's she's such a good girl like she does smoke weed because it's expected of her. She always just seems to do what's expected of her. She's so, and I think she was, she was written to be so normal. Yeah. In her, in her outfits, in her um, kind of, yeah. Like how she looks, how she carries herself, how she behaves. She, she is just good and normal. And studio. there's even,
1: there's even a scene later when she's babysitting and she's wearing an apron, yep. you know, you know, so it, the, the costume choices and even her bedroom, I think there's a scene where she goes and lays down in her bedroom and it's very girlish, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess that she's 16, 17 years old from that, you know, yeah. it, it's like a little girl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's interesting what you say about the pot smoking. Cause I saw that differently. I saw the pot smoking as them trying to make her a little bit more. kind of less goody two-shoes and a little bit more likable like okay she's not perfect okay she's a little bit more that makes her a little bit more accessible to us as the audience yeah yeah
0: absolutely but yeah it was the fact that you could tell she doesn't you know she's like coughing when she's smoking so it's clear she doesn't do it a lot you know she's kind of she she annie's you know toking away and she's fine and then laurie gets it and she's like coughing and spluttering and and things and it's like okay, you know, she's she's not saying no or anything like that. She'll do it because she wants to be like everybody else and like her friends and, and everybody, but it's obvious that it doesn't come naturally to her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she,
1: but I, I still, t- I liked that she smoked the pot. I oh was, yeah, absolutely. I was, I was there for that. Yeah. Yes. Then, so then we go into...
0: Well, I mean, so from there, it's really just, it's babysitting time. Yeah. I remember um, watching this and messaging you like, is this really what babysitting is like in America?
1: (laughs) I know, like which part of it?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Just the fact that, you know, they were babysitting at, you know, several houses on the same street and they were coming around and like, they seem to have the kids for like, like how long are these people gone for? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, I got the feeling like, I guess the parents are going to some sort of Halloween rager. And so they're hiring babysitters. for the I mean, it's Halloween night. So I'm guessing that the parents are out doing their, their thing. And so yep. the babysitters are-, are expected to take the kids trick or treating and then put them to bed. And then once the kids are in bed, it seems like then it's a free for all a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and I think back to my babysitting days, I certainly babysat on Halloween and I took the kids trick or treating. I ate their candy after they went to bed. Um, (laughs) I never had boyfriends over. I didn't. I didn't do that. But I think also this was obviously back in kind of the '90s and the early 2000s, and so you know, you just would you just wouldn't do that. Like the parents wouldn't allow it, and you know,
0: yeah, like I absolutely that, but. but But
1: And I have babysat on streets where like my best friend might've been babysitting a few houses down and we might combine forces and get the kids together and all hang out. But yeah, the boyfriend thing that wasn't really, we didn't do that. Maybe we were just well-behaved kids. I don't know. But, (laughs) um, but you know, in a lot of movies, that is a recurring thing where the, the babysitter has a boyfriend over or a friend or whatever, after the kids go to sleep. So, um, Yeah. And in this, and in this movie, it was an opportunity for them to hook up with their boyfriends. <laughs> in the case of Linda, you know, they got an empty house because uh, Annie brought oh, whatever the little kid was, Lindsay Wallace, over to play with Tommy. That kind of thing. Yes. And so, actually, that's not true. She was dead in the laundry room, but they didn't know. Well, that. yeah, she was dead in the car. She was dead in the car, so they didn't know that. But, but we are skipping way ahead. So I mean. They're they're all off babysitting except Linda. Hard <laughs> to know what Linda's doing, but Annie's <laughs> babysitting and obviously Laurie's babysitting Tommy. Um, and you get this really really great scene with Annie where, I mean I just think they really ratchet up the tension here. Obviously Michael Myers is spying on them all day and for whatever reason just becomes kind of obsessed with Lori. And again they never really explain it, and so I really like that. I, That's sort of left ambiguous. Like, why these girls? Just because he saw
0: them in the street? You well, know, well, didn't he, you know, when she goes to drop the key off at the Myers house, don't we get a shot of somebody, you know, of him watching her? So From he's inside past- the house. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees her, I think. Um, and then just continues all of her and her friends. Yeah. Because, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Well. So, but you get this
1: really great scene. I think when with Annie, she spills something on her clothes, and so you were kind of watching her go out to the. I guess it's like a a clothes washing outhouse. I'm not really sure. I didn't. Maybe it's. I thought maybe it's a northern thing. I don't know. But um, it seems that the washer and dryer are located in another part, that not connected. Really
0: inconvenient not connected to the main
1: house. Yeah. It and in this case dangerous, but yeah. you get these scenes of Michael Myers watching her and kind of, you know, yeah. moving in and, and and then of course you see him kill the dog cause the dog's been barking. And so he kills mm-hmm. the dog. That would um, make sad. Of course. But I think here's just another um, demonstration of just how evil you know, this guy is. Yeah. Uh, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, you know. So boogeyman. um so the killing of the dog is you know, just it is sad. I always hate to see a dog die. I'd yeah. almost rather yeah. see a human die. I don't oh, know absolutely. what that about me.
0: But yeah. <laughs> whenever no, whenever I, I start watching a new film, I have to go on that website, does the dog die.com Cause oh, is there a website? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Cause I okay, can't no, I no. can't cope. Ever since John Wick. Um <laughs> oh
1: yeah and that happens like right at the beginning yeah yeah um so anyway so annie's washing her clothes and you know you've got michael myers he's in and around he's watching her super suspenseful i, yeah. I feel they really and again with the sound effects and, exactly. and everything else like you're just waiting for him to kill her you know yeah. and you think it's gonna happen she's in and she's climbing out the window. she locks herself in and then Lindsay comes in and gets her out and she's climbing through the window and you think that's going to be the, the part. And then actually, isn't that when she leaves Laurie? Lori yeah, comes yes. over. she's, comes going, over she's going over for
0: a booty call, isn't she? And she leaves Laurie with with her babysitting charge um, and yes. goes off, and, but she does obviously doesn't make it because, yeah.
1: That's and, it. She takes Lindsay over to where Laurie's babysitting with Tommy Yes, and to spend the night. Which, okay, so that would not be allowed. No. That that is a strange thing. You're babysitting my child, and then you take the child to another child's house to spend the night, and that child's a a boy. Yeah. I don't know. That wouldn't be allowed in my house. So so she can go pick up her boyfriend. Yes. Then she gets into the car, and there's Michael in the backseat. And then you get this really brilliant scene of her struggling with her breath kind of on the window. And I know that there's been some articles written about sort of this the the dom the sexual nature of that scene what's what do you think about that I mean he's dominating her that that kind of thing I mean do you think that's kind of overblown or
0: yeah it's one of those things where at no point do I get a sexual vibe from you know from him from Michael you know, even later on when Laurie picks up the phone and she's hearing um, Lindsay being killed and she thinks that she's having sex.
1: Oh, and, yes. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. that
0: comparison between, like, her gasping for breath and, like, gas, you know, and moaning because she's... Having sex, yeah. She's having sex yeah, with yeah. her boyfriend. But, yeah, on, on, on Michael's side, I can see why there would be a lot of discussion about that, but I just... It just doesn't feel right to me it doesn't feel like that and i don't think necessarily that john carpenter was going for a particularly um sexual overtone because from everything i've you know i've read throughout the years about his directing style he doesn't give a lot of kind of emotive direction um mm-hmm. i know when talking in regards to like how scared Jamie Lee Curtis was supposed to be. He just put a terror scale of like one to ten, and he just put the numbers in the scenes and leave it to her to kind of then. Wow. Do that. Wow.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting uh directing process. Yeah, that's interesting. Just as to me, I would think you'd want to give a little bit more support to your actor. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously um, you're
0: going to have a very good insight into this because you are a director. I, I guess I'm thinking as well how certain things just don't fly anymore
1: you know you've got a male director with a female actress and he's giving her a terror number and that's it <laughs> and I mean I guess on the one hand it demonstrates a, a real trust in the performer and I mean as we know Jamie Lee Curtis is an excellent actress yeah but you nobody know. knew this back then of course, you so know, I mean, maybe. and 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 also having said that, to be fair to John Carpenter, uh, you know, m- maybe he was giving her more in yeah. terms of directorial uh, guidance. You know, uh, we don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I mean, but it's interesting. That's interesting because yeah, I'm sure on some level they're filming out of order as well as you do, and so yeah, he's probably thinking like, okay, so when you're in the closet, we're gonna need a terror level of about ten, you know, and in this scene, it's gonna be about a seven. So, but even that's difficult as a performer, I feel, but, but she does a great job. I mean, I believe her. Yeah. I, I believe her the whole time. Absolutely. So, right. So yeah, that the, the strangulation scene in the car, I also think he's in such close proximity to her. It's very intimate almost. And again, not in a sexual way at all, but just, you know, seeing her face struggle through the window and that shot as well, that perspective. Some of it's in the car, but a lot of it's not. And then and then you kind of go over to where Linda and her boyfriend have come and found the house empty. And so they're like, oh great. Now we can have sex here. Awesome. Yeah. So they do. And then <laughs> it always makes me laugh the scene where I mean unintentionally laugh where michael myers kills the boyfriend downstairs in the kitchen because the boyfriend's going around to get beer (laughs) and he's he's like stabbed him against the wall and then michael Myers sort of tilts his head and looks at him like the way you do when you call a dog by their name (laughs) and they
0: they tilt their
1: head and look so he's looking at the body like
0: he has this kind of humor and like, artistic side, I guess you could say. Because you think about the <laughs> fact that he, like, steals his sister's gravestone and puts it in the bed with... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the way he kind of displays his victims is there is, like, a... There is a kind of weird, sick humour to it, I think. He's pleased with himself. Yeah, exactly. Like, I did that. I did yeah. That. <laughs> like... I absolutely did this. And, and you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to uh, display this dead girl on the bed with with my sister's tombstone <laughs> above her head. Oh, and I
1: just found in my notes the fact that there's a jack-o'-lantern next to the bed where they're having sex. Yeah. And I, that always struck me as, like, did the parents put that there? Were they like, honey, we're going out to this Halloween party. I know. I'm going to put the jack-o'-lantern next to the bed for
0: later. Hey. Well, like... I guess it's just being the daughter of of a of a, a fire officer just seems like a fire risk to me.
1: Jenny <laughs> is the daughter of a fire officer.
0: <laughs> it's like, you know, you have... I'm sensing a fire
1: hazard. hazard. That's what I'm sensing here.
0: Yeah, just like a candle. Yeah, okay. But like that was left in there burning. And there's... <laughs> Maybe I'm just reading too much into that. Again, I think that's the... Uh, it was one of those things where I was like, man, if that gets knocked over, that's going to make such a mess.
1: Right, so moving right along, the you know, Michael then kills the boyfriend. Then he goes upstairs. He kills Linda. Everyone's dead. Oh, and that's the part where she's on the phone. So she yes. picks up the phone. She's like, this is going nowhere. I'm calling Lori, because her boyfriend is standing there mute. Which is creepy and strange. And also a complete Michael Myers signature move, you know. Mm. So she gets on the phone to Laurie. And then he begins to, I believe, strangle her with the phone yes, cord. She does. While she's while she's on the phone with Laurie. And Laurie's like, oh, first you're eating on the phone. Now you're squealing. Now I get yeah. your famous squealing.
0: I, I just like how she reacts to that, that as well. And it's like, oh, why? You know, she's like, oh, you. I'm sorry, but if, <laughs> if you rang me, like mid bang I'd be like good for you I'll speak to you after
1: yeah. there's no need for this really
0: oh no. No. <laughs> oh you oh you oh Annie <laughs> you silly so-and-so I suppose they, I suppose you could be like you know midway through and just really want to text your best friend but they didn't have texting back then so
1: so a phone call it was yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, a little baffling
1: that. But um, so then, so then, Michael Myers is like, okay, I'm en route to the Doyle House where Laurie is, you
0: know, babysitting well, two kids goes, now. Because she goes over there first, doesn't she? Because she, the phone, you know, the gasping stops, and you can tell that she's kind of she's she's concerned now. Her friends have yeah. left her with all these kids, and there's been a weird <laughs> phone call. So, but what I love is the fact that, you know, she's got these kids that she's babysitting and... <laughs> yes, 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 because she finds the head... You're right, she finds yeah, the head She down. leaves them she to go over to friend. the other house.
1: <laughs> well, it was the 70s. I think kids were a little bit more independent. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, I'm, I'm,
0: responsible for, I'm responsible for this child. And I've, I, by you know, by proxy, being, become responsible for this other child as well. I know, I'm going to leave them and walk... <laughs> a few houses down to see why my friends leaving me, you know, making strange phone calls. I mean, and- I guess it was just a few
1: houses down. So, you know, I don't yeah. know. These are simpler times. I mean, I, I know. I, but- I don't know what else to say. So, yeah, so she goes over, discovers all the dead bodies, comes running back to the house um, and bangs on the door for Tommy to let her back in, yes. which he does.
0: This is one um, of I made as well. So, you know, we're talking about it's Halloween, like you said. Really yeah. busy. Um, they're babysitting these kids. So the parents aren't back yet. You know, so what time roughly are we expecting parents back? Midnight? I don't once? know,
1: midnight maybe? Yeah. So yeah. If, we,
0: if we say midnight, being conservative, why is there nobody else awake in that street? I mean, I guess it depends. What
1: time do you reckon it is? Because the parents are still gone, so it's probably before midnight. Exactly. Trigger- If I think back to trick-or-treating times in America, you generally would kind of stop around, I don't know, maybe 11? Exactly. Uh, Well, say, uh,
0: let's just be even, you know, so say the trick-or-treaters are all gone home by 10 and the parents get home at midnight. So it's somewhere in between. But Laurie is running, screaming, you know, for help in the middle of this quiet street mm -hmm. and all the lights are off. Mm -hmm. and nobody comes out like no one's still awake at all i'm like where the fuck is everyone (laughs) i mean maybe all the neighbors they have
1: church in the morning (laughs) (laughs) they're having a quiet one in yeah they they've gone to bed early they're i just remember like
0: Going, know.
1: where is everybody <laughs> where is everybody and interestingly enough this is a note that i made about the new halloween that i liked yeah that there was a little bit more of that exactly like people are out people are out later there's people around so yeah. yeah yeah so she's she's running around screaming yeah you're right and there's just not really anyone although the cops and dr loomis have found the abandoned car that you know they start to kind of catch up to things Yeah, that...
0: and there were a few things about the whole like, I guess it's like the futility of like how pointless that the, the the law is in in relation to Michael, someone like Michael Myers, you know, uh, Doctor Loomis and the sheriff are going around, and when like the sheriff first finds out, you know, oh Michael Myers is is, you know, missing, and like oh maybe we should tell everyone, and the guy's like, well, no, everyone will be seeing him on every street corner. It's like, dude, you have a daughter out there.
1: Like, yeah wouldn't you be yeah more
0: concerned? wouldn't you be like yeah let's tell everyone that there's a, a killer a, a psychotic killer on the loose maybe they'll all go home and lock their doors
1: yeah that's true actually and we don't ever really get kind of an emotional response from him like you know no. your
0: daughter's dead she, yeah
1: he was murdered
0: and, and they're so r- rubbish at one point they're like stood looking around and michael myers drives slowly behind them <laughs> And it's like what is the they point? can only look forward Jenny they can only yeah. look forward it was the 70s they couldn't they couldn't turn their heads they can't
1: no it's just a one direction what it's a limited viewpoint from here <laughs> kind of forward so yeah <laughs> that's
0: one thing I'll say from Michael Myers he moves at his own pace that man yep. there's no rushing yeah. him no no rushing him and by you know he wasn't you never see him run he never, never. seems perturbed that you know when he spots like his his doctor, with a policeman he's just like yeah i'm just gonna keep on rolling like behind it's like i got stuff to do up. he doesn't look concerned <laughs> he's like yep here i am
1: <laughs> doing my purposeful michael myers stride forward yeah but as you say i'll never break a run no no nope. he's too cool for that really exactly Oh, uh, <laughs> he knows himself he knows what he likes he knows what pace he moves at and that's the end of that exactly um <laughs> so then we get lori fighting back really so she's back at the house kids are up she sends the kids upstairs tells them to lock the door to the bedroom or whatever it is and she stabs him with the first thing she can find which is a knitting needle i do love that yeah right in the neck as i yep. recall right right in the neck and, and she thinks that's it and i think also probably people watching the movie for the first time are also thinking she's done it she yep. killed it
0: because back then, we didn't have, you know, we, they just didn't know. Like, it's no. never that easy. Now we know that he's
1: pretty much impossible to kill. Yeah. So so up he gets. Back on the mission. Yeah. Uh... Like she, so
0: she, like, stabs him with the needle and he goes down.
1: Oh, and bear in mind, she drops the knife.
0: Yeah. She drops the knife. She doesn't pick up another needle. And she kind of just sits down next to him and like, has a little nap. <laughs> and my, in my notes, I'm like, now it's not nap time. Wake up. <laughs>
1: but, you know, she's just killed someone. So maybe it's the moral, you know, it's, kind it's, of repercussions. Adrenaline sinking. and things
0: like that. Absolutely.
1: But I'm yeah. just
0: like, yeah, get up, and, get out. And then, and then she.
1: Oh, she goes upstairs to check on the kids yep because she because she thinks he's dead oh but he's not <laughs> so she so she she tells the kids to hide again oh and this is the infamous sort of closet yeah scene absolutely where she then stabs him with a wire hanger
0: i have to, she is very practical you know she will she's she, she'll use anything around her um, I, like I like that, that.
1: I think there was a a quote from you during the scene where what <laughs> did I we say were, we were commenting on her choice of weapons. <laughs> I don't know if I could find it because Jenny and I were kind of texting back and forth. I believe it was something that you said about her using sharp pointy things.
0: Oh yeah, she likes <laughs> to use sharp pointy things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This this kind of scene around like with the children and things do, does have one of my favorite lines from the Halloween films. You know when she's like they're talking about like the boogeyman and she's like I killed him and they're like you can't kill the boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah. You can't kill um, the boogeyman.
1: <laughs> well, I mean kind of looking back at the the notes that we were sending each other it was a knitting needle isn't really deadly and you made the point that it could be but you'd have to hit the jugular. I said also, and then I said also, she's dropped the knife. But hey, it's her first rodeo. (laughs) She she's not done this before. But the closet scene did always get me. I think it's just the claustrophobia. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that they film it is really brilliant. And I mean, gosh, the terror on her face—I just Jamie Lee Curtis nailing it. You know,
0: absolutely, like that terror that she just shows and yeah you're right it's that dark space and then there's the whole thing with the light going like off and on and off
1: yeah and yeah like all around and like you can just imagine
0: yeah yeah. you've hidden you know you think you've you've just done what your instincts tells you to and then you realize what you've done is trap yourself so between the
1: knitting needle and the wire hanger I've I found your comment here Jenny she likes her weapons like I like my dicks thin and pointy I mean, <laughs> uh, that should
0: be our episode title. That's a key. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And
1: then, and then on top of that, he does the thing, the Michael Myers thing where he sits up, like he just. Yep. Rises like, from the dead. I mean, you can't see it. I just tried to demonstrate it. No yeah. One it. <laughs> I,
0: I do not have Michael Myers core strength, apparently, because I can't do that. <laughs> like that guy must be like. That's how I to, wake up in, in the morning In his little room doing yoga constantly to get my alarm goes off, and I'm just like, I'm awake. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I'm up. My day has begun. <laughs> uh but yeah, so she keeps thinking that she's killed him between yeah. these pointy uh weapons. But and, think- and then you get and then you get the breathing, you know, his yes. breathing again. Oh, you can hear breathing. The breathing. I
0: love it so much. It just the hairs in the back of your neck, every time you hear it, just just go. Even thinking about it, I'm getting goosebumps yeah um and then of course you've got the
1: scene where he so the, the police show up and dr loomis and all that kind of stuff and then you've got the scene where he is what pushed out the window shot he shot yeah. and he goes through yeah. the window rolls off the roof and lands on the ground and they all go to
0: look for him and he's gone yeah because again the person's like you know it's, it's over i've killed him and she sits there whispering that line it was the boogeyman
1: you can't kill the boogeyman boogeyman. and, and how right they were. Yeah. And so, yeah, then you've got where he goes to look out and Michael Myers is gone. And then that, and then that's it. (laughs) End scene. And then you've got that, that music kicks in and yeah. So I think it's worth noting that she was one of the first kind of final girls. And Jenny made the interesting point earlier that in discussion about it I guess
0: Jamie Lee Curtis
1: recently it was a recent interview wasn't it yeah was well uh, it
0: was just before the 2018 film came out I think because obviously for context
1: depending when you're listening to this you've got the 2018 Halloween which we're going to talk about in a minute and and right now it's it's a trilogy and right now part two is is just coming out so they're all doing you know promotional kind of Interviews and promotional work really for the film. All the actors are. And obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, is the biggest actress in the film. I mean, she's the biggest name anyway, and obviously the lead. So she's doing all these kind of interviews and events and stuff like that. And so I guess this was this was one of the it was an interview you said.
0: Yeah, um, it was an interview. It was, I can't remember,
1: it but was- she said she
0: talked about how. Jenny was
1: saying like okay when we think of the final girl trope right we think about a lot of the attributes of the final girl usually it's a virgin usually yes. it's someone who is perceived as morally yeah. good so quote so
0: yeah I think maybe we should just get into the final girl a little bit before we move on to the the next film uh, the the newer Halloween film for sure so yeah. the term final girl wasn't actually invented until the 90s it was uh carol clover in 1992 i want to say going this is going back to my film studies and my dissertation she wrote one of my favorite books of all time on kind of horror films which is men women and chainsaws excellent book i recommend i love the to title yeah so she kind of coins the term final girl and her description of the final girl is usually she is essentially the sole survivor of typically a slasher film. Mm-hmm. She's she's mainly linked to, to slasher films. And whilst Laurie isn't the first by any means I'm I'm pretty sure the first was Sally in Texas Chainsaw Massacre that was 74. Mm-hmm. She was the first kind of film where we had the sole survivor being female and there are similarities between her and Laurie, in that you know, if you have seen *Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, you know she's the one that isn't having sex. She's you know definitely the helping her brother in the wheelchair, one. as yeah, I recall. She, she, exactly, yeah. she's looking after her brother, um, and yeah, so Laurie is is similar in some ways in that she is yeah you know she's virginal. She she admits to, but she's not so. Kind of goody two shoes and virginal like she's abnormal. She's very normal, you know. As we said before, from like the way she dresses, she does all her schoolwork. She does as she's told, but she does think about boys. You know, she admits that she's got a crush on. Forget his name, like one Ben day. Tramer. That's it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew it. I knew you thought about stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, exactly. That's like verbatim the quote. Okay, exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah, mm. she she does think about boys. She. Does smoke a bit of weed, but essentially she is, you know, very well behaved and things. So after that, we have many of the films, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, and going all the way on. I mean, you could make an argument that we still have the Final Girl if you look at films like uh, midsummer Essentially, you know, you've got um sole survivor of the original group, but yeah, mainly which to yeah. me, mm. to me, the the Final Girl in her essence kind of i always look at sydney from scream as like the final final girl (laughs) um to me but well i do think it's changed i do think yeah it's it's been modernized
1: i think a bit you know exactly and i'm
0: glad it has because yeah like i think but that's what i mean i think the final girl in how she was first created like the the tropes of a final girl i think ran from the late 70s until you know the mid 90s and they're always very good and very virginal and they don't do drugs they don't have sex their friends always kind of tease them a little bit about how good they are and it became seen as this kind of morality basically being like if you do any you know if you drink if you do drugs if you have sex then mm-hmm. you're sinful and you'll be punished and you'll die only the, the good and sin-free will will survive these films. And everybody kind of says, oh, it starts with Halloween. You know, it starts with Laurie. She's a good girl. But from some of the things I've read and, and this interview with Jamie Lee Curtis, she was like, that was never the intention. It was completely misinterpreted from Halloween. She says that, you know, in regards to any hidden meaning or a deeper meaning, the only thing really was that because she wasn't part of a couple, she was alone, she was more observant because she, you know, wasn't...
1: Right, okay, so she wasn't distracted by having a guy there or... Yeah,
0: I don't think it was supposed to really be as as kind of deep as feminist film scholars have maybe dug into, but as Mm. someone who studied film and who was a feminist and who wrote my dissertation on feminism, I quite liked digging quite deep into... The, these kind of thoughts behind behind these characters but yeah so but but there's but there's so many other examples out exactly i think i think her point was that yeah i think friday the 13th was the next film really the next big film in in this kind of list of films to come out mm-hmm. and it was like they took things they borrowed so much from halloween but they amped it up. They amped up the sex. They amped up the gore. They, you know, they amped up the kind of, it was much more cartoonish and, and things. Whereas Halloween is very real. Like there isn't anything cartoony about, about Michael Myers. Whereas, you know, you get to the end with Jason coming out of the the, the lake and things like that. I mean, it is. Yeah. there is a lot of, there is kind of a, a solid campness to Friday the 13th that isn't there in Halloween. Um, I agree, yeah. For me, I think that kind of weird, deeper meaning about morality and sexuality comes from Halloween's imitators as opposed to Halloween itself.
1: Interesting. It really is interesting. And I think when whenever you're sort of analysing uh, films like this, you know, you've got violence being perpetrated against women. And so that almost I mean, Michael Myers is a equal opportunity murderer, um, but he has certainly in this instance singled out female babysitters, young, you know, female babysitters, and then in particular, Lori. And when you look at sort of the overall world of Halloween and the mythology of it and they, they sort of, you know, in this film, there's no mention of her being his brother. That's not a thing that doesn't come until later and they debunked that in the new 2018 one as well they kind yeah. of said no 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 we're not going there that came from other films um and, and i prefer that to be honest because as we discussed it, it makes it it leaves a little bit more open which is scarier but it's this idea that she was the one that was left you know she was the, she was the the one that he couldn't kill and th- yeah. and that fuels yeah. the obsession um but yeah it's still a lot of violence you know aimed specifically at women he seeks out laurie as a woman so i mean absolutely. maybe they sort of, they took that and ran with it but it's interesting to hear you know modern day jamie lee curtis be like no 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 that's not actually the intent you know yes absolutely but yeah okay so yeah. do you feel good about that uh,
0: yeah um, absolutely on the yes. first halloween so
1: part, yes, one, so part one. one 1978 halloween and we are coming at ya.
0: we're gonna take a a quick break
1: yeah we're gonna take a quick break break coming at you with part two halloween 2018 so bear with us see you in a minute did you guys see that new movie which one you know the uh form one it was um oh black and white it was uh romantic had a nice little oh here we go (sighs) so no no i don't think i did yes you did we went yesterday Oh, yeah, that. Well, what'd you guys think? Have you ever looked at a movie poster and said, I wonder what three ordinary people thought about this one? Well, don't worry. The Cinemadness Podcast has you covered. From general knowledge to deep hidden gems, if it's a movie, the Cinemadness Podcast will talk about it. It's like listening to three friends who love to discuss their favorite movies, found on most major streaming platforms. Did you hear that? Hear what? That voice. That voice is sounded like Adam? Uh, yeah, the voice that sounded like Adam. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm just here to celebrate cinema. The Cinemadness Podcast. Celebrating cinema one episode at a time.